Welcome to Desirability Alt, where we'll explore the intersections of disability, desire, and alternative relationships. I'm your host, Angela Carr. This podcast is intended for an adult audience who identifies with or is curious about alternative relationships, including kink, BDSM, non-monogamy, total power exchange, and more. This content is not suitable for those under the age of 18. Get ready, listen by yourself, or gather with your partners and enjoy this episode. Hi everybody, welcome back to episode 18. I'm Angela Carr. Today I'm going to focus on 12-step recovery and MS. Because there are a lot of us that are in power exchange dynamics, involved in kink, and we're also recovering from addiction of some sort. I'm so happy that there are these recovery in the lifestyle meetings because it makes me feel really connected to others who are traveling similar paths to me. And I want to share a little bit more of my story and my recovery with you. Today I want to talk about 12-step recovery and how my 12-step programs have impacted me and helped me in my power exchange dynamic, as well as how my power dynamic has helped my recovery. For those of you who don't know me, I'll give you a little background on my story to begin with. I've been in the kink scene for the past eight years. I've been in a total power exchange dynamic with my sir for the past five years. And we've both been active at mass meetings and other kink events in the Philadelphia area. I was also born with spina bifida, which literally means open spine. This affects my mobility, it affects my bladder and bowels, and it affects learning and speech. I'm also a recovering food addict and codependent. I go to two different 12-step meetings. I'm going to start with what a 12-step program is, for those of you who may be unfamiliar. We'll discuss the concept of a higher power and I'll describe how my concept of a higher power has changed over the years. Then I'll tell you about my path to recovery in my 12-step programs and my path as a submissive and eventually a slave in a total power exchange relationship and how my journey through the 12 steps and my journey to becoming a slave are related. Over the years, I've come to realize that these two separate worlds of mine were really not all that different. They both helped me to become a better person. They both helped me to become not necessarily religious, but spiritual. They both teach me about humility, obedience, and service. They both teach me about power and powerlessness. My higher power that I choose today is a nurturing, loving God, not a punishing, judgmental God that I grew up with. 
My master is a loving, nurturing master. As I humble myself in service to my higher power, to my master, and to my 12-step programs, my anxieties and fears are removed on a daily basis. I need to give a disclaimer here as well. I'm going to be talking about a version of God that I grew up with and how that differs from the God of my understanding today, God or higher power. And this is not to offend anyone of Christian faith. This is my own personal experiences, and I am still active with a Christian church. So it's not that I ever had an issue with Christianity. It's that I had an issue with how my family interpreted that faith. So what is a 12-step program? I have to be honest and say I think I personally think everyone could benefit from a 12-step program, no matter who you are. It's just a good way to live life and be with other people. All 12-step programs are based off of Alcoholics Anonymous and based on the big book. All these programs provide a spiritual solution to addiction of some sort. There's Alcoholics Anonymous, AA, NA, Narcotics Anonymous, OA, Overeaters Anonymous, Sex, Love, and Addicts Anonymous, Codependence Anonymous, Al-Anon, which is for families or loved ones of addicts, ACA, which is Adult Children of Alcoholics, Debtors Anonymous, and I'm probably missing a few. All of the steps are the same. The only thing that changes is the substance. So in AA, we talk about alcohol. In OA, we talk about food, etc. All these programs are physical, emotional, and spiritual. And when I say program, I'm talking about 12-step programs in general. We talk about a three-legged stool of the program. We achieve physical recovery by abstaining from either alcohol, drugs, or sex. By abstaining from a particular substance, we achieve emotional recovery by improving our self-esteem, improving our minds and our relationships. And we achieve spiritual recovery by deepening our relationship with our own higher power. The big book you can think of as AA's Bible. I know that the 12-step programs that I go to also use the big book. We have meetings that read directly from the big book. And you will notice that it says, it refers to God as he. And this is because when the big book was written, it doesn't necessarily mean that all of us see God as a him. God could be he, her, they, them. God can be whatever you want God to be, and I'm going to get into that in a moment. So my programs, just to let you know, I go to two programs. I go to Overeaters Anonymous. I am a compulsive overeater and a food addict, as well as a codependent and adult child. But I'm going to talk more generally about all 12-step programs, because they all have a lot of these same things in common. The first being the concept of powerlessness. Step one talks about being powerless over whatever substance it is that we're using. When people say they hit rock bottom, everyone's bottom is different. 
Powerless for some may include addictions that cause problems with family, problems with work, problems in relationships, finances, homelessness. Powerless basically means I can't do this on my own. Some people think admitting powerlessness is like giving up hope. They think you just need willpower. You can do it on your own. When we're dealing with addiction, though, willpower is never enough. For me, I used to think I couldn't lose weight because I had no willpower. I was killing myself with the food before I came into program. I kept gaining weight. I kept getting more health issues, more aches and pains, more depression and mental health issues, and I still couldn't stop eating. I tried all the diets that were out there, Weight Watchers, Jenny Craig, Nutrisystem, and I would do it for a little while and then stop and go right back to eating how I was before. None of those programs worked for me until I found a spiritual solution. I was powerless. I became desperate, and then I found OA. Today, I know that I'm a compulsive overeater and a food addict. My relationship with food is the same as an alcoholic's relationship with alcohol, and I need this program. The next concept is the concept of a higher power. In 12-step programs, your higher power is of your choosing. We get a chance to think about what our higher power is. What would your higher power look like? What would your higher power do for you? Your higher power is not a person. My master is not my higher power. My master is human. Now, he may disagree with this, but being human, he makes mistakes. I would never tell anyone to make one person in particular their higher power. Not a sponsor in the program, not a mentor, not a master or slave. Some people will make their AA program their higher power, or it may make the group or the meeting their higher power. And that makes sense as a group, but not one individual person. It's the whole group. And we find that we find a sense of a higher power when we're in meetings together. So I'm going to tell you about the God I grew up with. The God I grew up with was a critical, judgmental, getcha God. I grew up in a family that pretty much we were Christmas and Easter Christians. We didn't go to church. We were going to hell for everything. I did, I was raised though by my grandmother and she taught me that God is everywhere. You don't have to go to a church to talk to God. And that was my first inkling into that idea of having a personal relationship with God. I also, when I was younger, before program, I used to think that I could only pray for big things. I could only pray for the health of myself or my family in particular. I didn't think that I could pray for myself even. I thought that I had to pray for other people. And I thought that most of the 
difficulties I went through, I thought that I should be able to handle on my own and I shouldn't ask God to help me in those everyday things. And that was until I got to program. And I also remember at the time being angry with God. It's interesting. I wasn't angry at God that I had a disability, but I was angry. I remember saying at times I was angry that I was so short. I'm four nine. And I would think to myself, you know, I don't mind having a disability, but God, couldn't you have made me, uh, you know, just a couple inches taller so my feet could reach the floor when I ride the bus and I'm not kicking people? It took me a while to realize that when I felt like I was angry at God when I was younger, I was really angry at other people, not God. I wasn't angry that I had a disability. I was angry that people would walk up to me and say things like, hey, where's your wheelchair? Oh, I'll pray for you. That really pissed me off, I got to tell you. Yeah. And and so I would be angry. And I thought that anger was at God, but it really wasn't. It was at people and their interpretations of God. This ableism, particularly around this idea of just praying for my disability to go away, really harmed my spiritual life for a long time. You see it in movies, you hear it from people when you're walking, it's always bound to come up by complete strangers, and it really affected me. I was also afraid of God. My family raised me with this notion that I was going to hell, and that really even affected me when I got into program. You know, early on in my recovery, I was relapsing, and Because I relapsed, I thought that God was angry with me. And I thought, you know, I can't go back to program or, you know, bad things are going to happen to me because God's angry with me because I picked up my substance. It was until I came to understand a higher power of my own understanding through 12 steps. Today, I can say that it doesn't make sense that God would be judging and critical Today, I look at God as being love. God is love. God is forgiving. And God knows all things. God knows me exactly the way I am. God sees everything and accepts me exactly the way I am. Today, I know that my God, my higher power, is a kind witness who leads me in the right direction. I use the term God to describe my higher power all the time. So I'm trying to use higher power, but I'm probably going to go back and forth between higher power and God. But my God is loving and forgiving and sees everything and and knows me better than I know myself and forgives me. Today, I have a personal connection with God and a personal relationship with God. Today, I pray in the morning. I pray at night and I pray throughout my day. And I don't always pray every day. There are days that I forget. But the days that I'm really in, that I'm really spiritually fit and the days that I remember to pray are my better days because, not because God's doing something better for me, but because I'm more enlightened, more in tune with my higher powers will. When I pray today, it's not to direct God to do what I want him to do. It's to ask God's will for me. It's to ask God to guide me with dealing with life on life's terms. 
But life is always going to happen. Things that are bad are always going to happen because that's the way the world is. That's life. But I ask God to help guide me and help me make the best choices. And when I do that, life seems to work out. I've asked God to give me more desire to do something that he wants me to do and less desire to do the things he doesn't want me to do. God has really come through for me in my times of indecision. There have been times when I just prayed and I just felt desperate. And here's the thing. I'm not in control of these situations. God is. Taking myself out of the situation, God fixed it. God didn't need me to fix it. I also realize in program that it's okay to sometimes be angry with God. God can take it. It's okay. Even today, there are still times when I'm angry at God. My grandmother is 82 years old and has dementia, and she has a ton of health problems. And I am angry that she is struggling. She's had such a hard life. Now she's in pain and, you know, needs people to care for her and makes me angry. And you know what? I can admit that to God today. And you know what? My God can handle that. He could take it. I'm still a Christian, but there's a great line from program. It says, take what you like and leave the rest. So my version of Christianity is very different from another person's version of Christianity. I go to a church today that is very progressive and open to everyone. We have people of all races. We have LGBTQ folks that we support. My pastor knows that I live with my partner and knows that we're not married. And I'm on church council. And my pastor doesn't know I'm kinky or submissive, although she might. I'm actually comfortable enough with my pastor that I'm friends with her on Facebook, so she might. (laughs) I want to talk about humility, service, and obedience and what they mean in terms of program, AAOA program, and what they mean in terms of MS or DS or MS dynamics. So OA definition, thoughts around humility. Let's start there. Step seven asks us to humbly ask God to remove our shortcomings. Now, if we look at that, when we're being humble, we're taking ourselves out of the equation. It basically means that we are on equal footing with other people. We're not above other people. We're not below other people. We're on equal footing. And we're not concerned with self. We are, let me give you an example. When I was in relapse, I realized that I had forgotten that my recovery was a gift, that The reason I was able to recover was because of God. I thought it was all me. I thought, I've lost all this weight. I look great. People were asking me what you're doing. Oh, great for you. Clapping for me. Wonderful. And I I took all those accolades on myself. And you know what I really did? I I treated my program like a diet. 
And it's not a diet. It's a way of life. And guess what? Because I treated it like a diet, because I treated it like it was something I did, I relapsed. I didn't look at it as a gift from God at the time. Today, I know that my recovery is a gift. And I know that I wouldn't be able to do this without God. (laughs) Without God, I'm a mess. And I owe everything I have to God. Humility keeps me grounded and on equal footing with others. I don't have to be greater than to have value. We don't have to be greater than other people. We don't have to have the most money. We don't have to have the most things. We're valuable just the way we are and and we're enough. You know, I'm enough just the way I am. I don't have to overperform to have value. I don't have to work full time to have value. As a woman with a disability, I recently stopped working full time uh, last year because it just got to be too much. And that's okay. I still have value. Now, what's the MS definition of humility? In my dynamic, humility is that I am serving my master. Sir comes first and I come second. I put my sir's needs ahead of my own. And, you know, that's not to say that I'm not getting my needs met. My needs are certainly getting met. But when I go to eat, I serve master first. When I do anything, pretty much. I make sure that sir is taken care of and then I serve myself. So I'm not being denied anything. I just put him first. I learned the meaning of humility by obeying my master and relying on him. Let's talk about service. OA definition of service. So there's different types, there's different levels of service that you can do in program. For newcomers, we ask God, as a newcomer, we ask God to help us recover, but we have to do the footwork. That's where we have to do some service, and at first, it's service to ourselves and to God. We start by working the steps. We have to use tools of the program, specifically for OA, that's following a food plan, writing down our food, calling it into a sponsor, making phone calls, writing, literature, having an action plan that might include self-care and include exercise. Newcomers can also give service to the meetings that they go to by showing up early and setting up chairs for the meeting or helping take chairs away at the end of the meeting. For those who have found recovery, who have found recovery, In order to keep what we've been given, we have to give it away. This means that we talk to newcomers at meetings, we reach out to others by phone, we sponsor people, we attend business meetings, and we take on service roles. Service roles in program can help us to stay abstinent. Service roles and sponsoring other people both have abstinence requirements, which means if I'm going to help somebody else, I have to make sure my program is in Tact. I have to make sure that I'm working my program to the best of my ability before I can help anybody else.
What's the MS definition of service? In MS, or this, you know, we typically think of the slave giving service to the master. The master takes on a role too. We don't necessarily call that service, but the the master is caring for the slave, right? In my relationship, anyway, my master is very much of a caretaker and you know, he has a lot more responsibilities because he leads. He takes on the service of leading the household. And we also have served, we, we also as a couple bring service to the community. We lead discussions. We help organize things. We volunteer and we help out at mass meetings and we help out at conferences and we mentor other people. So in that same way, we're serving our community. How about obedience? OA definition of obedience has to do with, I mentioned the footwork earlier, right? We do the footwork. We have the food plan. We are abstaining from alcohol. That means we're not going into bars. We're not hanging around with the friends that we used to hang out with. We're doing those things. And then we leave the results up to God. So we're being obedient to our food plan. We're being obedient in the sense that we're not hanging out at the bar anymore. We're not hanging out with our old friends anymore. We are following a plan and we are doing the steps that we need to do, calling our sponsors. We're leaving the results up to God. For OA, that a lot of times is about weight. I haven't lost all the weight that I want to lose yet. But I leave that up to God. That The weight that I lose is not up to me. Because this isn't about weight. This is about addiction. MS definition. I'm obedient to my master. You know, especially with having a disability, there are certain service tasks that I have to do much differently. And there are some service tasks that I can't do at all. But the one thing I can always do is be obedient. And that really is the foundation of our MS dynamic is obedience. Turning my will and my life over to my higher power. And step three that we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood God. So we're making this decision. We're turning everything over to God. How do we do that? Okay, I want to turn my life over to God's will. Well, how do I know what God's will for me is? I didn't know. Here's where we have to get out of self. We have to go to meetings and be around other people. And usually, if we're going to meetings and we're talking to people and we're hearing other people that have recovered and how they recovered, that's where we learn what God's will for us is. And if we pray and we meditate in the morning and we're just quiet and we listen, that inspiration will come to us, that intuition, that inner intuition will come to us. You know, if we use some of the tools like writing, I know sometimes if I'm worried about something, if I start writing about it, an answer will come to me. 
I see that as my higher power. And that's how it's related to step 11, because step 11 sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. So step 11, I have to stay in daily contact with my higher power. And if I do that, answers will come. Answers aren't going to come if I'm sitting watching TV all day. Like, hey, God, can you help me out here? No. I have to be praying, meditating, reading literature. Program has our very own daily readers and literature and things that help us to bring us closer to a higher power. And that help us to figure out what that higher power's will for us is. Sarah takes the lead and I follow. Before he could be my master, he spent a lot of time observing me, listening to me, and getting to know me. Our rituals and protocols make me a better person by making me more accountable. Other rules he has for me include getting up early, getting in a routine during my day, keeping structure, getting the house clean. These are all things that Yes, they benefit him, but they also benefit me. I can honestly say that I'm a better person today because I am a slave to him. Sir also encourages me to go to all my meetings, to go to therapy, and to go to church. He doesn't go to church. He's agnostic. And even though this means that I am out of the house most nights of the week, well, pre-COVID. Now I'm on a virtual meeting every night of the week. So he and I get one night a week together. But he supports me in doing so because he knows that that's the best thing for me and also for us. If I'm healthy and taking care of myself, it's better for our relationship too. Submitting to surf It allows me to take better care of myself than I do when I'm on my own. Today, I am turning my will over to my higher power, my God. So God first, then I turn my will over to my master. I'm letting go and I'm letting God's will be done. I'm no longer in control. My way didn't work. For me, letting, giving up that control frees up my anxiety and worry. It lets me enjoy life and it it gives me a sense of freedom I never had before. And it, it, it makes me a healthier person. Today, I live an obedient and structured life. I'm in recovery one day at a time from my addictions. I'm a humble servant to my master and I'm happy, joyous, and free in handing my will over. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you got a better sense of 12-step recovery. At the end of every episode, I'll be posting a question for you to consider. Today's question is, what would your higher power look like? What would your higher power do for you? Please go to desirability.com. That's D-I-S. I R 
www.ability.com and share your thoughts with me. Until next time, be well. Desirability Alt was created and hosted by me, Angela Carr. Opinions expressed are from my own personal experience or that of my guests. Did you like what you heard today? Be sure to follow Desirability Alt wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, you can also find me at desirability.com or on any social media at desirability. That's D-I-S-I-R ability. Thank you for sharing this journey with me.